What is up, my friends? Welcome to Drop In, where we have open, authentic conversations about all things mental health, including how to build a secure relationship. I am so stoked to have on my guest, who is an LCSW owner of Securely Coupled, formerly known as Patricia Lamas Therapy. She provides individual and couple therapy in California and New York. She believes in the power of secure functioning relationships to heal our deepest interpersonal wounds. Love that. She also provides couples workshops to assist in creating roadmaps forward that will create fulfilling, safe, and secure partnerships. She also has a massive following on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> She's being modest and didn't put Ouch. that in her bio. But <laughs> Patricia Lamas, thank you so much for dropping in. You're so welcome. I love you. <laughs> I, again, so grateful to have you here on Drop In. You are almost packed level three, which is psychobiological approach to couples therapy it's mm -hmm. such a high level and specific training for the people out there who don't know wh what is that training what made you decide to go that route yeah so i just love couples work i actually many people don't know this but i started as a i think my following doesn't know this often but i started as a child and adolescent therapist um and so my all my training getting my hours was in community mental health with children and adolescents, higher level of care. And then I got really frustrated working with parents and figuring out, man, like a lot of the work I'm doing with kids, uh, you know, I really, it's, it's the parents that are really, you know, are needing a lot of help. Um, you know, of course, kids and adolescents need our support as therapists, but I felt like, where can I get the most change if in any way and so i kind of started to shift into more so uh you know the the where can i do this where can i make most of the shift and um for me it really felt like the couple is the smallest unit of society and uh mm. i really enjoyed the idea of if i help future couples become more secure together um maybe i can also assist in creating healthier families from then too um especially future children if they have children if they decide to have kids so uh that's kind of how my couples uh journey started and one time when i was starting couples um i knew about gunman and i knew about you know um emotionally focused therapy, which are like probably the biggest mo models in couples work. And I went to this conference that happens in California every single year. And um, it's, it's known as the Eric's, it's from the Erickson Foundation, the couples therapy conference. And all the biggest models in our field when it comes to therapy present their models. And so, you know, I was really, I was really sure that I was going to pick EFT uh, because I'm very attachment focused and, you know, I really enjoy, enjoy that work. But then I met Stan Tatkin and he just took everything to a whole different level for me. Uh, it just felt like Gottman is great. It's amazing. Um, it's very much like here are the, the ways in which you can communicate in a healthier way with your partner. Here's how you solve conflict. Here's the, the skills. And it kind of felt like tip of the iceberg work, whereas with PACT, it kind of felt like 
here's a roadmap and here's really like looking at the real issues with couples, the structural issues, uh, what's really happening. You know, can we fix things just through fixing communication? I think that there's way more than that. And this model really provided a really good roadmap for um, for just getting farther into couples work. So I really just enjoyed uh, Stan's approach and just fell in love with it. And uh, I read the books and it helped my relationship so much. So I just dove deep into Pat and, and uh, I'm I'm fully in it. So love, yeah, here love. we are. <laughs> I yeah. love everything about that, especially like when you can see it impact your life directly there's kind of that like this doesn't just work for other people it works for me so yeah. i i definitely love it and me mainly working with teens and young adults like you couldn't be more right like i, yeah. I feel like a lot of my work is sort of it's like after the fact where like yeah. often you know you try to do interventions with the parents and in the family as you're working with a teen but you're right that it's like had this parent this family you know, gotten the help that they needed when they were coming of age or when they were a couple, you know, just starting their relationship, uh, maybe, and with a lot of things, you, you're like, probably this could have been better. Um, we so need it all though, Justin, right? Like totally. we need therapists like you who are working with the kids. And I still sometimes work with adolescents, sometimes sprinkle them into my work because I love them too. And I love the work. It's so different, you know, uh, but it's just kind of the path I've chosen now. So yeah. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, I really, we're going to go a different direction on this yes, episode. Yes, go you. a different and for, direction. <laughs> for a good reason, because the amount of questions I got through Instagram of, of saying, we're going to talk about relationships. It was like a mountain, like a mountain of questions hit me. I was like scrolling forever in the questions tab. And I feel like you're going to be our guide through all these Instagram questions. We're going to start early, but I have one question, just one before we get through the okay, Instagram okay. questions. What is a secure relationship? Can you paint me a picture? What, what, what is that? Yeah. Whew. Okay. Painting a picture. So Stan calls it a secure functioning relationship. So a secure functioning relationship. If you think about any form of um, system in society that's successful. Uh, I think we're trying to figure we're trying to figure out what that looks like, right? Uh, in our society, but in history, for any for any um, any society to to be peaceful and to grow and to build, um, it has to have some form of guides and rules and regulations and structure, right? Mm -hmm. And so, I think. Uh, a couple, it's it's almost like a society in itself, and they need to build a form of culture, their own culture, um, understanding each of their cultures and where they come from, etc. Right? It's like the macro level of things of in each partner, but also creating their own form of structure, society, etc., where they work together towards whatever goal they're trying to accomplish. So the secure relationship is whatever that couple wants it to be. So there's, I don't think there's a particular 
idea of what a secure relationship looks like. They all have something in common and, and we'll talk about that. Uh, but every relationship is unique in itself. And all it means is that in order for it to be secure, you have to have certain values in the relationship. I think you have to have respect. You have to have, um, you know, understanding, curiosity, willingness to learn with each other. You have to have win-win solutions. Um, you have to work as a team to figure out how are we going to do this thing? How are we going to create this thing together that's going to be good for you and good for me? Um, think of any society. How do they become a functioning and, and good society? They have rules. They have, you know, they have ideas that work for all. It has to be fair and just, right? Um, so that's also how relationships in our opinion should be. Um, what it looks like, it doesn't matter as long as both people or more if you have an open relationship uh, as mm -hmm. long as all in the relationship agree that this is how we do business together um, and both partners are going towards the same idea and direction um, then that will create a secure relationship really um, and i think a secure relationship is also one in which people feel free and fully able to feel accepted seen held um, and be who they are Uh, with their couple, you know, you're you're in the foxhole together. Uh, and so you better make the foxhole really, really safe because life is hard. Everything outside of the whole foxhole is really tough. And so let's make this this foxhole that we have together the safest possible thing. Right. Um, because life is hard. You know, everything outside is dangerous and we're supposed to really work together towards making each other better rather than bringing each other down. Right. Um, really a secure relationship when we think about it biologically um it's a form of uh help in it, it it takes it makes it so that we can function better right so um when we talk about allostatic load um you know the level of stress in our bodies because it builds up um, a secure relationship will take away from that it won't build stress in our systems and it will make us live longer and healthier lives you know and it'll make us just become better version of ourselves where we can grow together um, rather than you know growing against each other uh so what i think about sometimes it's like you know the potato sack races <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like you have to be in a potato sack together and figure out how you're gonna do it together uh because think about if you're going towards different directions or you don't agree where with where you're going then it's gonna be chaos you're not gonna get anything done you're not gonna get anywhere you're just gonna fall and you know it's gonna be a disaster but if you work together towards something um if you can figure out how to make that work towards the direction you both want to go then it, it'll be like you'll get there right um so that's kind of how i think of a secure safe relationship you you hit my one question out of the park my mind Sorry. is blown <laughs> over here no you did you, you <laughs> nailed it because you outlined in because i would think to myself often of like you know, you see a lot of different relationships, you know, I don't want to use the word successful, but I guess that's the word I'm going to use, that people stay together, they work through it, and they can look so different. So mm -hmm. you kind of outline and paralleling that it's like, like any successful group or business, it's like you agree by certain rules, but like, 
and I'm not a big business person, which everyone listening to this knows because I harp all the time. I don't know anything about business, but like <laughs> the businesses look so different. They can look different internally, externally, but if everyone agrees to the same rules, the whole system, the team works. So thinking about couples that way, it's like, you're, oh, you're right. Like, and yet you're mentioning that there's a certain level of authenticity, respect, of course, communication has to play a role in there somewhere. But of course. The way you framed it is a way I have never once thought about it, and it made so much sense. So thank you so much for outlining it that way. You're welcome. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Uh, That's what PACT has taught me, and I can't stop looking that way now, you know? Right. So, you are yeah. you are the best salesperson for packed period. People, therapists <laughs> who listen to this are jumping on the website, I'm sure. Well, I have hey, gotten we're... a couple into it. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why. I can see why. Well, we're going to venture up this mountain together Let's of Instagram questions. As always, everyone out there listening, thank you, thank you, thank you for your thoughtful, vulnerable, authentic questions that you cram into that little box in the story. Question one. How do you know if you're in a well enough, stable mind to be in a relationship? Mm, I get that question a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think that we are often told that uh, if we don't love ourselves, we cannot be in a relationship. And I think that that is a very individualistic way of looking at the world. Um, and that's just, you know, our society has created this this way of thinking of, of individualism as like the thing that matters most. And I think in reality, one thing we forget is that we need each other for survival. We need each other for, for growth, right? Like if you look at people who are in isolation, they don't do very well for very long. Um, we're not really meant to be alone and to do things alone, of course, for a period of time. And of course, I highly believe in individual growth, et cetera, and like making ourselves actualized. Um, but I think there's something to saying, how do you grow on your own, really? Um, I think that most of our growth happens with other individuals. I think my favorite quote is one by um, Harville Hendricks, which is the creator of Imago therapy and couples therapy style. Um, and he says that we were born into a relationship we're wounded in a relationship and we can also heal in a relationship. <laughs> That's my favorite it's quote. Profound. Right? So it's my favorite. Uh, because it's like, well, how do you know you've grown? Like how, how if not putting those tools to, to, to something, right? Um, who am I without, the, without another? Like how do I see myself? How do I know who I am if it's not through others really? And, you know, um, putting those skills at, at, to task in any way, you know? Um, so I, I think that one thing we say in PACT, it's like, and I think that that's one thing that most couples therapists nowadays are saying, it's, you know, we, we it's, it's not one or the other. You can heal in a relationship, um, but at the same time, do your own individual work, right? So mm-hmm. my answer tends to be, let's do both together. One doesn't have to come without the other. Of course, there's, 
you know, something to say about, well, if you just went through a breakup or you're not ready to be to be with somebody really because you need some time alone or you need to figure out what you really want. You're not really sure of what you want. And, you know, uh, you're so deeply wounded that it's really difficult for you to be vulnerable with somebody else. Then, you know, I would say, of course, take some time and do your own work. And, you know, there are signs that can tell us like, you're not really there to be with somebody like at this time. That's not what you really need. Um, but I think we can like the place where we can heal the most is together, in my opinion. Um, so that's what I would say to that. How about you, Dustin? <laughs> I, oh, I, I, yeah, default to me. You're the expert. But no, you, I agree so much. Your, your last point there is the one thing I think of sometimes. Of like, yeah, sometimes you see the examples of people relationship hopping i would say is like they're just in it committed relationship after committed relationship and I, for those people yes as you said in your last point sometimes i get curious of like do you need to pause a little bit do you need to reflect on like maybe what type of person do i want to really be with like what time yeah. a lifestyle do i want to have like what are the values like that i hold dear that maybe i'd want some overlap with but i overall agree and that's the thing that never made sense to me it's like people will be like heal yourself first it's like how do how? you ever how do you ever <laughs> fully quote unquote heal and remove like if the work of you being in a relationship is where you're going to be like challenged the most how yeah. do you do that completely on your own like no you're going to end up doing a lot of that work with someone. It's inevitable. So yeah. I think, yeah, the idea of like, you're gonna go on this individual, I'm on this mountain Journey. metaphor today, I don't know why, but you're gonna hike up this mountain by yourself and all of a sudden someone's perfectly gonna come along and you're gonna be like smooth sailing, I think is couldn't be more false. Like you're gonna have yeah. so much work to do with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, hey, we can go on the mountain together or like you can go on the mountain alone and like do your own self-exploration and come back and maybe you'll be ready. Like, that's fine. If you really yeah. feel like that's the way, then great, you know? Yeah. But don't stop totally. yourself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. In the, the social context of our lives, right? Like you had mentioned, is so vast. It's so great. Um, totally. Next question. How do you get over the fear of being hurt while building a relationship? Mm. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that's just a, for many of us, especially those of us that have abandonment uh, fears and wounds, which I think it, to some extent it's, it's all of us, um, you know, I, I think that that's just a fear that comes and I'm rambling, but I think that's just a, a existential fear i don't know that you we can really truly get rid of it you know it's like we know the truth is that everything ends which is really highly depressing but it's part of life um and that was really hard for me to understand because i'm an anxiously attached uh individual myself uh and so it's like you try to hold on to everything and you know um and yeah, what was the what was the actual question? I got totally yeah. lost. No, you're <laughs> nailing it. it. It's uh how do you get over the fear of being hurt? Yeah, I mean, you you just have to the have to realize that being vulnerable, like there's always a chance that you will get hurt, but you also have to understand that there's so much of a chance to win so much more, you know? Like what if you what if you you don't get hurt. Um, what if uh, 
Uh, and also, if you get hurt, maybe it's a really good learning experience for you, mm -hmm. uh, too, right? So what kind of hurt are we talking about? Uh, not everything is meant to last, you know, like some things are supposed to be there to teach us certain things in life, some relationships. I always say I would never have been with Steve, my husband, uh, which is weird to say husband. Uh, <laughs> I would never be, have been with Steve if it hadn't been for all the people I was with previous to him. And I made terrible choices. Like I, I was, the, I was that like, like that person that dated and didn't stop, like you said, you know, didn't take a break. I was just love like crazy. Um, and so, you know, I made some really not great choices uh, in my relationships uh, because I was very anxious. Uh, but I would have never, I really believe I would have never picked Steve if I hadn't had those experiences because he was too secure and safe. It was weird. <laughs> I, I love that you say that though. And this is not a question people asked in, in all the great questions we got for today. But it's a question I get a lot of like, what about if somebody has a lot of baggage? And I know that word gets thrown around a lot and can mean a lot of things. But I go to what you just said. I try to remind people of like, you like this person for who they are today because of all the things of their past. Like yeah. people will be like, well, I don't like that they used to date this person or they used to do this thing. And it's like, but if you like them in the now, they have learned, grown, that has shaped them. They've become who they are today because of all those things in their past. But exactly. again, a lot people don't connect that sometimes. They think like, oh, they did all these things in the past. It's like, yes, you are hopefully getting a more mature, <laughs> reflective, you know, person because of the stuff that happened. But yeah. again, some people like to use that against someone. And I think that's yeah. a huge mistake. Totally. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent. We are chipping away <laughs> at all these great questions here. I love it. Uh, I love it. This person, again, I always love, they have to use shorthand because you can't write a full question with the character limit on Instagram. I know. This says, uh, five years single. It must be me and not them, right? Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. Well, I don't know. There was There's many reasons why you could be single. Are you not looking? Like, you know, are you putting yourself out there? Mm -hmm. uh, where are you too? Like LA is so freaking, I, I, all my clients, I feel terrible. Like all my clients that are single and all my friends that are single, I'm just like, like people are here not to, not to make a family, not to be in a uh. secure relationship. They're here just doing, I don't know, you know, it's, there's those unicorns and those people that are more likely to want a relationship, but it's also like, where are you? Like, you know, what, what's your age also what are people looking for are they looking mm -hmm. for similar things to you you know there's so many uh, factors that could be influencing that question but i love mm -hmm. the reflection of maybe it's me because maybe there is something maybe you are pushing people away maybe you're not being vulnerable maybe you know there's a block for you so i really i think that's progress to sit and with yourself and say oh it's been five years. What What's going on here? Like, if I'm really wanting this, what's happening? Am I picking the wrong? Am I looking at the wrong people? Is my picker kind of broken? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, what's going on? So I think that's a really good first step to say, hey, like, is there something I'm doing or throwing in the air that's impacting my ability to get what I want, right? Totally. I, I felt the same way. I was like, 
I hope we all ask ourselves that question because we might come up with some conclusion that no, it's LA. LA sounds a lot like South Florida in Miami. A lot of people <laughs> wanting to have fun. A lot of people not thinking about maybe uh, coupling up, which again, everyone can have their preferences. But um, I, I, you have to ask yourself, not just in relationships, but in life, how do I contribute to this? And of course, totally. like there's traumas and there's all kinds of things where it's like, no, it just happened to us. But for a lot of things in life, we play a role and it's naive to think, nope. And we all have that friend. You have that friend out there who it's is, everyone else. is struggling in the dating world and it's everyone, everyone else sucks. <laughs> Everyone's awful. And you're sitting there as the friend kind of being like, wait, I think you could uh, maybe change your perspective. I think you might need to approach this a little different. But you could the, the start other... engaging, like you know, just <laughs> there's a few things you're doing that might be impacting people's responses. Might, might be impacting. So, but it it doesn't mean it's a linear process, as we all know. Like you you don't know. Like you could date a lot of people and be like, no, these aren't good fits, and. After five years, I'm sure some of that is playing in, but yes, yeah. I totally agree that we have to start with, okay, what are some things I can change and do and think about who I'm self-selecting? But I, yeah, that the culture and the climate and where you are, it's gonna play a role. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. well, people are just like, I wanna be an actor and highly focused on their goals to do this mm -hmm. thing and be in LA mm -hmm. and see if they can make it. So. You know, I don't know. It's not a great place to uh, settle down. And uh, if you want a relationship that's very secure and, you know, focused, uh, it's definitely not the place for that. It's other forms of relationships. I think it's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's that is I know there's people listening in L.A. right now and they're like, yes, suffering. <laughs> absolutely true. Great question. Uh, Love it. What should one deserve? from a relationship versus just want from one interesting word usage of like deserve. are there things deserve are there things that we deserve in a relationship yeah i i i'm i'm, I'm having a hard time saying i don't know if i should do this but sometimes deserve mm. sounds entitling like entitlement mm. right. which is kind of like the individualistic thing of you know uh, our society, uh, but it can also be when you have been in a relationship that just no matter what you do, it's just not serving you or is abusive or, you know, uh, somebody just does not respect you. Um, it's like, hey, is there some level of something that I at least deserve? Right. Well, I think everybody deserves respect. I think everybody mm -hmm. deserves um, to be with somebody that is trying to understand them, uh, is trying to it's it's kind to them it's you know i think honest respect trust uh truth uh you know i think those are all must-haves like let's respect each other as humans like let's um make sure that we're using kindness and we're com you know compassionate with each other and yeah like uh, i think that we're just with each other um, I think, you know, I do think that there are some values we should have when it comes to every relationship should be that way. But sometimes they're not, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. Right. And then, and then to me, it's like, 
I, I think you named every cornerstone one that I could think of that might fit under kind of a really heavy term like deserve. But beyond that, I think there's just a lot of differences we can find that maybe indicate that someone is not your match. But mm -hmm. I agree with you that the willingness to adapt, to change, to grow, to hear hear each other. And like you had said in the very beginning, like make this thing work is like, that creates the uniqueness of the bond you have with someone. Yeah. But I think a lot of times people can have preferences that they think I deserve. And it's like, well, that's probably more of a preference that you have. And maybe yeah. the person you're with isn't a good match for that. Yeah. Um, and one thing I want to say that Stan talks about a lot is we we like to think that our relationships are our romantic relationships are unconditional. Um, mm. The only unconditional relationships are supposed to be those that we're born into. Right. Um, and so those are the ones that are supposed to be there. Unfortunately, not everybody gets that, especially yeah. individuals who have trauma. Right. Uh, who maybe didn't choose, we didn't choose our parents, right? But that, those are the people that are supposed to be the unconditional ones. Um, and I always like to view love as unconditional in my romantic self, right? Like, oh, my partner will always be there. They're supposed to just be there for me no matter what, even if I'm such an asshole to them. Um, you know, they're just supposed to take it. Um, but the reality is that relationships are conditional, you know, and if you're not feeding them and if you're not watering them and if you're not providing things to the relationship, you really there's no reason why you should deserve this thing that you're asking for if you're not giving. Right. Uh, so I think we need to understand, like we treat our romantic relationships very unconditionally um, and they're not. Uh, I think that it's a decision between two adults. Uh, that should feel like this is worth their, you know, their energy and time mutually, like you're doing something for each other. Uh, it, it's a little selfish in some ways, um, because being selfless also is, you know, I think rewarding for the self too. Like when I feel, when I do something for my partner that feels good, I feel good inside because I've made him happy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little selfish also, but I think, you know, it has to be win-win for the both of us, we both have to get something out of it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. So I don't know, just rambled a little more. <laughs> no, you're dropping so many quotable quotes. Like you're right, <laughs> that this perception that people are like, it's unconditional and you're nailing it on the head. No, that we, we have this like, again, spoken and unspoken kind of contract of how we want to be treated and what we agree upon. And yeah, it's it's conditional. And if you treat me types of ways that I don't want to be treated. Or I don't have to be here anymore. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. if you have an agreement, like, of course, you get to be an asshole once in a while. Your partner should understand oh, yeah. you're having a bad day, whatever. Yeah. Right. But it's like, hey, if you if you're not giving me the things we agreed upon, like, right this is not a good deal for me. Like, why should I stay and give you the no. things you need? You know? No. 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 And it, yeah, I, it goes back to our other question that was asked a few minutes ago of like, how do I get over the fear of being hurt? I agree. I, I just think as people, we're flawed and we make mistakes sometimes. But I think it's on what you do when you mess up. You accidentally hurt totally. your partner. Like, do you own it? Do you, do you try to remedy the situation? Are you transparent? Yep. All those things matter, but I think this idea that like I'll never be hurt in the relationship. I'm like, you're gonna be hurt in friendships. You're gonna be hurt in coworker. Like every relationship you have, 
I do yep. think there's going to be some level of misstep, mistake, and hurt. But of course, yep. severity matters and what people do after matters. Totally. Yeah, agreed. No, no doubt. Another <laughs> great question here. How to stay secure? Oh, I love this question. I remember smiling. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a common one. And I wanted to get your take on it. But how to stay secure in an otherwise healthy relationship that I don't feel like is progressing to the next step, a.k.a. Uh, we're not engaged. We're not moving in together. It's been over three years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, how to stay secure. The problem is that if you're wanting something different from your partner, that's going to create a dynamic of lack of security because they're not going towards the same road that you're going, right? This is where roads start to kind of like, are we going towards the same direction? Are we going in different ones, right? Is this a deal breaker? So that's when deal breakers kind of start to become deal breakers. Like, hey, I want this thing, you want this thing. Are we on the same page? Can we get to the same page? This is really important to me. This is not important to you. You don't want this. I totally want this, right? Like, uh, you know, so I think that those things will inevitably create insecurity or, you know, uh, lack of safety in some ways because you're seeing and you're noticing you may possibly be going different directions. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know the situation, right? So it could be your partner's just waiting for the right time. It could be you're both on the same route. It could be your partner is like, hey, uh, three years is not long enough for me. Like, you know, maybe I need more time, you know, who knows? But I, I think it's it's normal for you to begin to feel a little insecurity because you are in different spaces. You're wanting something. You're like, okay, when is it coming? And the other person's probably like chilling, you know, like I'm uh, in my own timeline here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this is, this is when we need to start having the conversations of what do you want? What are the expectations? Like, do we want the same things? Um, I think having a discussion of where are we going, where are we headed and revisiting um, what this relationship means and are we on the same page about that um, would create a little bit of more safety. Just knowing that, uh, not forcefully, right? But just knowing that you're going to, you have the same ideas of where you're headed as a couple. Totally, totally. I, I love yeah. that so much because I think a lot of times, you know, this is where we learn about their perspective. I, I'll be honest, I almost said he. I, I almost made the mistake of just assuming this was a man, but it might not be. Okay, I don't know how they identify. It might not be a man. It's I know very a lot tempting. of times it was tempting, and I now I just showed my card that I almost said it, and I then I kind of did say it. But anyways, they whoever they are, but they have a perspective. So maybe they're like, you know, uh, yeah, it's not three years isn't that long to me, or I'm I've gone through these financial things and I want to make it special. You know, we don't know their perspective, but. I agree that you certainly should find out and hear their side of things and hear where their head's at because as you so eloquently put, then we find out are we walking the same path or are we diverting different directions that we're just not going to lead back together. But yeah. you, you deserve to find out. You got to find exactly. out. Exactly. Especially if it's important to you and it's enough. I mean, it should be important for you because it's causing stress, it's causing insecurity, yeah. right? And and I don't think it's an, it's an unfair insecurity, like, oh, I'm being so insecure about this. It's like, 
this is making you feel uh, less secure in your relationship because you have an idea of what it is that you want. And so you want to know if your partner's there with you. That's completely valid. Yeah. Totally. That That's totally spot on. I love the best thing about Instagram and people is like we get these super specific questions kind of like we just got or more specific and then we get the super general. And so here's the general like, one. I'm sure a lot okay. of people can relate to. <laughs> How can I get through a breakup? What tips oh, do you have? So as general as general could be, do you have any general breakup tips? And I know we love specificity as therapists because we're all different. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I breakups just suck. No. Uh, <laughs> just suck. Uh, I think just allow yourself to go through all the feels and know that all the feels are totally normal. Like one day you're going to be pissed. The next day you're going to be like, I miss them. I want to call them depending on your breakup. Right. I'm thinking of my mm. own breakups. Right. Like oh, up and down. You go through all the stages of grief at once. I freaking hate that person. Uh, I love them so much. I want them back. Um, you know, what did I do wrong? Uh, mm. You know, I'm so sad about this. Right. Self blame, blame the other, all the things. Uh, what could I have done differently? Right. So. I think just allowing yourself time to heal is really the only thing you can do. Um, you know, distract yourself too. I think it's important to allow ourselves to sit with our feelings and not just mm -hmm. create distractions when we're going through a breakup because that's what we often do, right? Like we don't want to feel the pain. So a lot of us will just distract. Um, lean on somebody that you really trust and mm -hmm. who, who loves you, you know, who can have conversations with you, who's willing to really sit with you and witness your pain and 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 be and be there with you um yeah surround yourself with people that you love and make you feel a little better uh but there's no magic way of getting yeah. through a breakup i think it's just time um i think also it's just really important to to reflect on what happened why did it end really and was this really you know like look at all the angles too like is it a bad thing really like it sucks but like for you was this also you know was this fair to you was this relationship mm. the relationship that was good for you like you know a lot of the times when we look back it's like oh yeah like that was not a relationship mm. that was serving me either even though i'm so hurt right um and hurt is just it's normal i think mm -hmm. um because you did lose something you loved it's almost like any form of grief i think Right. Um, and yeah, but you're more of an expert in grief than I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I hear you. I, 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 my mind goes to the same places and I know there's someone out there listening you gave so many tangible reflective things and you gave action steps in there, but people are going to hear the time comment and roll their eyes. But I'm a big believer in the reason time matters is in life. You feel pain. The avoidance of feeling pain, discomfort, or your emotions generally only leads to more. But like, as you put it, like being able to lean in other relationships, being vulnerable, being open about what you're experiencing, that's how we understand ourselves better and we grow. Yeah. And yes, there's the overall truth, which is existential, as you mentioned before, that things do end and we can get hurt. So these it things hurts. can happen and it hurts and it sucks, but it doesn't mean it's always our fault or again, I should just live alone in a mountainside because I think 
the truth is it's worth it to be seen, heard, and feel connected with somebody. And that's a yeah. risk. And sometimes yeah. as we've all gone through breakups, or I shouldn't say all of us, so, somebody out there is like, not me. And we are like, I can't believe it. But the rest <laughs> of us have. The rest of us have. And it's, it's yes. very hard. Very hard. It sucks. Me. I mean, it's kind of like the death of somebody you love. Like it's part of, right. it's part of right. yourself that's now won't be anymore, right? Because right. you had that thing that will never be the same with anybody else. And, the, and the, it's true. Like none of my relationships have been the same um, and that's okay, you know, but there is a little bit of loss. Like I'll admit, I, Steve knows this. It's like, I'm such an empathetic person. Sometimes I, even if it's been years, I still think about people I loved mm. in some way, right? Like mm, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, how are they doing? What's going on? But with time it changes. It's like, it's not as big anymore. It's like, oh, that was that was a part of myself, some some part along the way in time. Um, but now it's so far away. Like it's just part right. of who makes what makes me me in some ways. Like we said before. Absolutely, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that could be like taboo to somebody out there. But I think having curiosity, curiosity about people from our past, people we've it's dated, human. Is, it's human. Yeah, but it's not a sign that oh you I'm want not over to be this with person. them. Oh, you're not. Yeah, yeah, right. No, no. Anyone out there is like, never think about my ex. I'm skeptical because it, it's okay to be curious. It's okay to be like, yeah, I wonder how that person's doing. I, and again, now if you're stalking your ex's uh, Instagram every day, right. then we have an issue, right? Like, it's, it's like, you guys, when we're talking, we gotta talk about like the. There's a spectrum, right? Spectrum, yeah. Oh yeah, that's so, somebody out there is like scrolling right now, and they're like, dang it. Busted. They're like, I'm okay, right? They gave me permission to they look said, at my ex. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> I'm back six years in their Instagram posts, but I'm I'm just being curious right now. Yeah, yeah, that's the extreme. No way, no way. Uh, I did that when I was a little like teenage, like young oh. self, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially because you're like, I want this. I want this pain to go away. So we do a lot of things thinking that that person's the answer. But I, my eyes went through the questions to find this one because I thought it might be an interesting bridge since we're talking about breakups. But can people really be good friends after a breakup? Seems like it would be uncomfortable with the next significant other. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's funny because I just posted on betrayals on my Instagram and mm -hmm. somebody and, and I was asking people, um, not betrayals, sorry, um, on deal breakers. And mm -hmm. so uh, somebody said, two people said deal breaker is for my for my partner to be friends with an ex. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I put out a thing to ask the community and people were like hell no that's a deal breaker and then some people were like every relationship is different so i think there's a lot of like split uh around this topic mm -hmm. i i don't know i'm very curious to know what you think but for me i'm european so it's hard to say no way uh i i have i have an ex that i think i would have been friends with if his partner had been okay with it but i had to respect the fact that they weren't you know mm -hmm. and if my partner hadn't been okay with it then i probably would have chosen my relationship um if that was more important to me you know so i think it just depends on the relationship like one what's the what was your relationship with your ex like Exactly. How did it end? Uh, when was it? You know, if we were teenage lovers, like, 
and now we're just friends and you know doesn't matter you know uh was i married to that person and if i was married to them you know do i have children with them and you mm. know there's so many complexities that come into exes uh i think if there's respect if things are truly squashed and there's really nothing left uh and all partners involved are totally on board um then i think why not? It can work. But I also think it is complicated. I think, again, every relationship is just so different that I think we need to look at it in an individual basis and not just give a full answer of no, right? Right. I, I don't know if it makes me more European, but I agree with you. I agree 100%. <laughs> it's definitely not... It's not a deal breaker for me at all because of the nuance that you just named. I would definitely ask for the specificity. I would want to know all the things that you said of like, oh yeah, what was your relationship like? Like, how do you think it's different now? Like, but I can think of so many examples where you're like, like you use the perfect like high school sweetheart example. That's an easy one to be like, years have gone by or like, we were always more friends. We only dated for a short while. Like you can draw up a lot of different examples and I'd totally be cool with it. Like, yeah. again, nuance is important. I think how much time you spend with the person, like, you know, I think you could draw up other examples where I'm starting to feel a little bit different about it, of course. But in general, yeah. no, no. I, do, I, think, I think if people have a hard and fast rule on that, you're allowed to have whatever rules you want. But I think there's just too much nuance to relationships and connections you have with people in general that I wouldn't feel threatened for yeah. the most part. Again, you could exactly. draw up a scenario where I would, but exactly. not in general. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I mean, and then I can think of so many people in my office who are literally arguing for their like to their death, like just, you know, you and your ex and la la la, you put her first and, you know, and uh, the person also, like, if the ex doesn't respect your current partner, like, hell no, that's highly problematic, right? Uh, you do not want that. So I think it just really depends on the on the situation. But I have seen it a lot where it's like the person ends up really putting their ex first or, mm -hmm. you know, the, the ex just doesn't respect the partner at all, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's just, it's, I understand, like, that would be totally. a no-no for me, you know? It, <laughs> so, right. Right. Again, proving that it's a case-by-case -case basis. <laughs> Always. Yeah, that's why Always. people that believe in hard and fast rules, I'm like, I could change a few variables. I bet you'd pivot. <laughs> I yeah. bet you'd pivot on that rule. Uh, mm -hmm. Another awesome question here. Um, what should I do if I saw something I don't like? They use the word him, in, but we could say them. Uh, Personality-wise. So they saw something in them they don't like personality-wise what should they do about it? I know that's very vague, and but when you see something that you think is core to someone's personality and you didn't like it, like what would you do in that circumstance? I would ask myself if it's something I can work through. Um, mm -hmm. it, how significant is this thing for me? Because if it's truly yeah. part of the person's personality, um, I can't change that. I can you know, we cannot ask our partners. I don't believe we can ask our partners to change who they are. We can ask them to change certain things that might be beneficial to them, right? Like you cannot change at my core that I am a messy individual and that I have ADHD and um, I'm a disaster when it comes to my house. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I can adapt and really understand how it impacts my partner. And I can really work hard to make some agreements on how I throw my stuff on the, on, on the, uh, you know, on the floor and how I'm not careful with my toothbrush and all these things, right? Uh, yeah. how my piles just kind of sit on the couch, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, how much can I truly change? I'm not going to be a non-messy person. There's no freaking way I right. would be. Um, right. So it's like, how important is this to you? Is mm -hmm. it a deal breaker again? Like, is this mm -hmm. to your, you know, like maybe you don't like, I'm sorry to bring this up, but it happens, you know, maybe you don't like that your partner is a Republican or maybe you don't like that your mm -hmm. partner is liberal. Mm -hmm. um, you can't mm -hmm. change that. So what are you going to do about it? Well, some people would say, well, uh, this is a no, no for me. There's no, no way in hell I'm doing this. Uh, and some people would say, let's work together. Maybe we set some rules around it and let's see what we can do. Like this is, this, this is not as important to both of us. Right. Um, and so I think the first question would be how important is this to you? Can you find any form of work work around? Um, and also, have you discussed it with your partner? Like, totally. what can they do? You know, um, but it really depends on the personality trait that we're talking about. Exactly. Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. And I, I when it really comes to personality things and like you mentioned, I think accepting that the best we could probably see if it's truly personality is a small shift. You, but like you had said, you, and I love that you use yourself <laughs> example. For what it's worth, everything behind you looks very put together. I, uh, so. Yeah, you should see the floor. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Don't, the floor is cut off for a reason. I'm swimming there's, and stuff. There's little pea piles, you know? My friend called, my friend has ADHD and she calls her, her piles tea tiles because her name is Tara. And so uh, I copied her and now my piles are pea piles. Oh, that's so good. That's so mm -hmm. good. Um, but you're right. Like small shifts and things like that. But like if you have in your mind, like this person has to make colossal shit shifts, then it's likely not the match. Like it, but you should, again, still discuss, still explore. I know we're, we're coming near the end. I'm going to lightning round you with a few questions. Some that really cool. like stuck out. If I didn't Let's get to your it. question, as always, thank you so much for writing in. I really appreciate it. We try our yes. best here. Wonderful questions. Wonderful. I'm 19 years old. I've never been in a relationship or kissed anybody. Am I behind? How do I catch up? No, you're not behind. That's so like, no, you take your time. What the hell? Like, there's no there's no in my opinion, there's no timing. I understand there's so much peer pressure. Mm. Everybody's doing it and everybody's mm. doing the cool thing. And you know, everybody's in love and it looks so cool and it's all over TV and our society and romanticism. And, you know, there's so much pressure that you're probably feeling. Um, but I don't think that you're behind at all. Like you, if, if it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. Do it when you feel it's right for you. You know, don't just do it because everybody else is doing it. Um, 100%. This thing is not a race. There's always things we compare ourselves to. If it, you're not comparing yourself in relationship, then you compare yourself on money, on jobs, on education. Listen, as soon as you catch yourself in comparison mode, it's it's unlikely ever helpful. And yet we, mm -hmm. we catch ourselves. Do it all it. the time. Do yep. it all the time. How do I get over the fear of being single forever? I'm 32 and I feel the doom of the clock ticking. 
Yeah. What do you think? My thought is this. There are reasons you have kept your options open and stayed single. I, I think sometimes you have to think of what the alternative would have been of, mm -hmm. is it worth sacrificing and being in a relationship where the values don't match? You don't feel like you're in the potato sack together going in the right direction. <laughs> a lot of people jump into a relationship because they feel pressured only to find out later in life that that pressure was quite frankly BS. Like yep. it, it's not worth getting in something that doesn't, as you said, feel right for you. And, yes. I, it, and you can always validate in life, whether a relationship job, there's all these things where it can be like, oh, I want, I want this and I don't have this yet. Yeah. But again, you might be on the path and there might be very good reason why you don't have that yet. And it might turn out to be better for you in the long run. I, and I'm not just blowing smoke. I know that to be true. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard question. I still haven't figured this one out quite yet. I have a lot of friends, actually, and I feel especially for um, cisgender women <clears throat> and who, who have a clock ticking and uh, who really are under a clock, you know, like it's not a joke, it's a thing, you know, especially if you want a child and not everybody wants a child, but there is so much pressure. I see my friends, like, you know, I have friends who are like, oh my God, I'm 37 and, you know, uh, I'm considered like high risk and I still haven't found a partner that I really f feel I can do these things with. And just like, I, I feel so much for them and I don't really have answers. The only answers I see is like, how are you getting on, in your own way, you know, how is that fear getting in your own way? Because I see it. I see them getting really stuck in that fear. Um, and so maybe that means going to therapy and, and exploring how to get through that fear, you know, and um, and yeah, also like not just taking something because you're scared, because that's, I think, more dangerous than being alone and waiting for the right person. And I don't think you should wait either. Like put yourself out there, you know, like if you want to not be alone, I think also like, are you, I see a lot of people that are stuck, like they're stuck in their fear. And so they don't look, they're just almost like uh, paralyzed because they're so afraid. So I think also like have fun, like go on dates, mm -hmm. go explore what's out there. Don't just pick the first person you see, like go out there and figure out what you want and who's out there and possibilities, you know? Um, yeah. I, I love that you validated, yeah, the, the clock ticking directly relating for a lot of people to wanting to have a child, which you're totally right on. And I'm sorry if my answer kind of skipped that part, but I'm glad you validated no. it because it is something I think a lot about of like, yes, having a child is one of those things where it's like if people are having children later and later, thanks to science, thanks to what we know. Exactly. But I, I totally get if you're thinking about and wanting a child that that's that's a tough thing even though i know people who have made the decision to have a child for themselves on their own and i yet i validate that's a huge decision to make so yeah it's all yeah. the things but there are life. options there are options there are options and people choose them and yeah in life it's good to feel like we do have them at least another question here before i let you go um <laughs> because I thought this would be a good note to end on. Any tips for finding a marriage or couples therapist? We are a young married couple looking for support. Love it. Love it. 
Yes, uh, I would say just clearly if you want to use your insurance, message your insurance, get a list of providers. A lot of the times, unfortunately, insurance doesn't cover doesn't cover couples therapy. So, you know, couples therapy can be expensive. Uh, sometimes if you're on a budget, you know, a lot of universities will offer services that are, you know, uh, more affordable. Look for low income services within your community. I literally typed that into Google. Google is my friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then if you really have a budget to work with, um, I would say uh, you can go to whatever models you're most attracted to. I would do some research on couples therapy. Um, and, you know, if you want, I can put some information in my in we can put some information out with the main models um, out there that we would recommend. Um, do some research on what feels best for you. And then every model has within their website uh, a list of therapists that are trained under that model. So that's a really good way to do it, too. Um, you know, especially now with telehealth and everything, like you can find a therapist that's within your state, just not next door to you. Um, and so, you know, go on these websites like the Gottman website, the EFT website, the PACT website. They each have their individual, um, you know, their provider list. And so you can kind of find a therapist there. I would really recommend that you find a therapist that is that is trained in couples therapy, because a lot of the times, you know, I think we all do a little bit of everything. But I I like people who specialize uh, because I think it's a very different craft. So if it were me, I'd probably go to somebody who has the specialization. I could not agree more expertise like the one you've crafted and are still adding to it yeah. says a lot and just shows a certain level of knowledge and experience that we we all want no matter what we're dealing with health issue mental health issue so I totally, totally agree love that you're interested and in going to couples therapy can't encourage yes. enough Patricia remind everyone how to follow you Okay, they can follow me at Patricia Lamas Therapy on Instagram and on TikTok. And they can also follow me uh, on my new page, Securely Coupled. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. That's where they so can find much. me. You dropped you. so many, so many gems. Check the show notes if you want to follow Patricia. I know you will. Let's do it again sometime. This was this was yes. too much fun. Come back. Part Share two. More. Part two. Part yes. two. More of your expertise. Really appreciate having you on. Everyone listening, please share this in the group chat. Review. Give it the stars you feel like it deserves. Always appreciate y'all. We'll see you next time.